I'm back. What's up? What's up? It's the Drive with Sam Piper, kind of. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk. Lon's worn out, man. Three straight days of radio. And, he declared uh, himself as a game time decision at the end of the show yesterday. Did he? So he went through warm ups today and he just he couldn't give it a go, so he's out. They ruled him out. Did he actually say at the end of the show yesterday he was maybe gonna be here? <laughs> I thought he was joking, but apparently, apparently not. not. Okay. All right. The streak continues. Someone dig dig it back up. I don't want Kyle to do it. Uh well no one no one put the effort in, but I, I would just Wonder if anyone has an idea of the last time Lance put a full weekend. Let's let's think on that, reflect, and let's take some guesses. Maybe we can create a contest and then actually do the the work and find out the real answer. But his streak goes on. I'm back here. My one day in the studio this week, fortunately and unfortunately, but uh, I've been having some fun on the road and we'll be hitting again tomorrow to make the drive to Knoxville. But I'm back from New York. How was it? It was awesome. It was awesome being in the building there, Madison Square Garden. It was as fun of a game as I've covered. I've been doing this probably close to, to 10 years now. And there, of course, have been some through the years that are, are very, very memorable. Uh, some Iowa battles, Illinois-Iowa, of course, regular season finales that have been fantastic. Illinois going into overtime and winning the Big Ten tournament against Ohio State. You, there, there are some that are certainly on the the power rankings, the top five the top 10 list but just knowing you know I think FAU is legit and they they went to the final four for a reason last year I don't think that's a a Cinderella that just you know for a a stretch of time turned into some powerhouse and all of a sudden they're back into a pumpkin that's a really good team and Illinois was able to obviously get it done in a high scoring affair I wondered if they were going to be able to if it if it was kind of a shootout type of game if they could put up enough points but yeah, just just walking in there and knowing number one, it's the garden. There's a mystique about it. There's a just something special about that venue and and the history of it. And knowing it's it's one of the the most I don't know the, the most famous and well known and and prestigious arenas in the world, really, is especially uh, when on the basketball side, but. Uh, then you get those different fan bases in there, and you see North Carolina fans walking around. UConn had a strong showing too. Not as many Illinois and FAU fans, but it, it felt like a a regional. It felt like, all right, this is the Sweet 16. You're gonna have two games. The winners gonna play each other in Elite Eight, and one team's gonna go to the Final Four. Of course, it wasn't that because it's still only December. But that's kind of how it felt, knowing the type of teams that were in that building. And look, Illinois really, really impressive. 33 apiece from Shannon. And also Damask, it was a show that, that both those guys put on and couldn't believe what Marcus Damask was doing, just the confidence he was displaying and uh, being able to, especially there in that second half, scoring 25 of his 33 and uh, down the stretch of that one, just having responses because FAU never went away, man. It felt like Illinois, how well they were playing, should be extending this thing out and, and about ready to put the lead in their pocket and never give it up, which they, they didn't give it up, but you see FAU make a play and you look up at the scoreboard and it's a four point game with still like three minutes left, two and a half minutes left. And it's like, there's still enough time for this thing to to flip down the stretch. Illinois to their credit, didn't let it happen. And it, that, that feels like a monster win. It feels like a, a bona fide, not going to have to question it. Quad one win. That's going to extend out obviously through to selection Sunday and, and be one that looks really good on your resume. But I, 
I was really impressed. I was really impressed by the Illini. I, I think that they've obviously taken some big strides offensively within the last week. Uh, defensively, when you give up 89, I mean, I'm, I'm not questioning and saying, ah, Illinois was fake defensively. They're, they're not as good as maybe we thought. I've still wondered, you know, are they in the in the very very top echelon? Although they've they've got reasons and statistics that that support that they're definitely one of the best defenses out there in the country. But when you get a legit number two scoring option next to a guy like Shannon, who's putting more and more on that resume, there's still a, a bigger sample size that needs to play out, but more and more on that resume for hey, this is a legit All American candidate. This is a guy that you know he had draft people. You had Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN in the building who said, hey, he looks like a first-round pick. And I know that Sam Vecini of the Athletic put him in the top 25 in terms of his big board for the NBA draft. So uh, that guy is leading your charge. You need enough around him to go to the places this team wants to go. Marcus Damas to play like that, is he going to score 30-plus again this season? I'm not sure, but I just think his assertiveness, understanding what his role is, and then Illinois also getting some nice contributions from some other places was really impressive. So it, it was a fun night to be there. Uh, it was it was a blast, and I'm ready to see another big-time clash on Saturday as well. Well, to your earlier point about FAU, I think an indicator of how legit they are is the fact that you shot 63% from the floor, you had two guys go for 33 on absurd efficiency, and you could barely put them away in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you beat most teams in the country by 30 if you get that type of output, what like Illinois did. Did you did you have any idea that Marcus Damask had that in him? I I think we knew that he was a good player. He's a guy that was capable of creating his own shot and exploiting certain matchups with his size. Did you have any idea thirty three on fifteen to twenty one shooting and a guy that just took over a portion of that second half was 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 somebody who he was going to be? And do you think that he can be a, a true number two? scoring option next to Terrence Shannon for the rest of the season. I think he needs to be for Illinois to have the season they wanted to, to have. And I think he can be a number two legit uh, as far as establishing that for Illinois. Did I think he had 33 in him? I, I didn't expect that for sure. I mean, I know he had topped 30 twice at SIU last year, but I think 31 or 32 against Cal Baptist, it's not anywhere near the, the, the competition level that it was against FAU. And yes, he had a size advantage, and that was one thing I think Illinois really took advantage of, knowing that FAU plays four-guard lineups. They don't have, especially on the wings and the forward spots, that, that's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 uh, So I, I thought that that's the, the Illinois' credit of hunting out those those weak spots, getting him in mid-post actions, which we've talked about in recent weeks and saw it against Rutgers at times, and, and obviously they, they played even more into that. But it wasn't just the mid-post that he was scoring. I mean, he was getting to the rim. He was shooting pull-up jump shots, hit a couple threes. I thought, and based on what I had heard in the offseason, that you know he could be Illinois' second-best offensive player for sure. Coleman Hawkins, I think, obviously still in the realm of second-best player overall. Uh, because of what he does defensively, but uh, I, I knew that he could be someone that would score, that could score, you know, twenty on a given night, that could be uh, a really nice piece. And I, I, I've been high on what his season would look like, but to that extent, no, I, I didn't forecast that coming. We'll see what his stat lines look going forward. But I mean, it, it's not like this is a one-off. Like uh, to that level, it is. But eighteen against Marquette was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. So uh, this isn't just one nice performance against a really good team but I do think kind of to circle it back I think Illinois needs him 
to continue to be aggressive, to be that number two next to Shannon. Because I just feel like he has the most to his game offensively than anybody else other than Shannon uh, on this team. Goody's a nice spot-up shooter. Hawkins, we'll see if he can get that. It feels like a broken record saying we'll see if he can get that three-point shot a little more consistent. To his credit, he had a big three down the stretch. That was a big play for Illinois. Um, I just feel like Marcus has it in him and now is just playing with a lot of confidence. And Shannon's really uh, you know, gassing that up as much as possible. Like, hey, I, I'm, I'm in his ear all the time. I, I think he's one of the better players out there. Um, it was great. It's great. How much do you think – when looking at this offensive performance, I think there's some people out there that look at it and are like, listen, are you are you going to ever get 33 on this absurd of a level from these two guys again? Is it you shoot 63% from the floor and, and two guys are unconscious in the second half? Is that sustainable or is this a game where, you know, maybe you just had your absolute best from a couple of guys show up? Do you think that this is a team that we should have confidence can win a game and put up 90 points in a shootout level game? Or do you think that, are you still holding out judgment a little bit? I don't, I don't mean to put yeah. a damper on how great that performance right. was. I just no, and want... I've heard that out there some. I, to just say it specifically, I was listening to the Field of 68 uh, podcast afterwards. Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, uh, John Fantel, there in the building. And, and guys, you know, I, I'm very curious and, and wanted to hear what, the national perspective of Illinois after that game was going to be. And I, you know, the athletic just put out their power rankings today and have Illinois number nine. So that's a team that's obviously, or that's a team that they're buying into at a, a legit level to put them up there. And uh, the metrics on Illinois are pretty good right now. Ken Palm, I think they're 14th or something like that. And uh, the net they're, they're 22nd. So uh, I, I get the question. And, and look, I, I think it's also, if you're even asking it as an Illini fan, it's probably rooted in last year's, wins absolutely early. you know the the UCLA win and then the Texas win and look we had to ask the questions as the season went on and, and things went off the rails and we're like was that just uh were those one-off performances were they fluky how sustainable was that when Shannon hits eight threes against UCLA when Matthew Meyer goes nuclear in a first half against Texas and 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 so on and so forth so uh to answer your question is Damask going to score 30 again in a game I think he could if if I were to bet on it, I don't I don't know how many more we're gonna see exactly like that. But then again, if, if Illinois' defense is as good as they think it is, and as good as it's been on paper to this point, they probably won't need it. I, I don't know if they'll give up eighty nine again this year. Yep. So I think you know FAU is that good offensively, and I, I on, from from Shannon's standpoint, I, Shannon can put up thirty. Oh, for sure. I, I got no questions about him doing that to to anybody like is he one of the front runners for the national player of the year as we sit today i i know it's early december but that guy has to be playing like one of the best players in college basketball yes uh ken palm has a player of the year chart uh power rankings chart and he's fourth right now he's fourth in the country zach Eady number one kyle kyle filipowski for duke number two Jaden ledee number three from san diego state and then terrence shannon number four and, and for context i was digging this up for an article that I'm going to write, you know, Io and Kofi, when you go back to that 2020-2021 season, I think Io was sixth at the end of the year and Kofi was seventh. Io, of course, that season was a first-team All-American. Kofi a second-teamer the following year. Kofi was eighth on the Kim Palm chart for player of the year. And then Kofi, uh, as far as the All-American list, 
was a first teamer. So uh, right now, the resume for a guy that's averaging 22 points a game, he's shooting above 50% from the field. He's shooting 45% from three, 75% at the free throw line. And oh, by the way, he's been a lockdown defender. Like a big reason why you win that game against FAU is because one of their two-headed monster, Elijah Martin, had a really tough time getting going because Shannon with his size, you know, Martin at 6'4", or 6'3", 6'4", and Shannon obviously 6'6", and, and very, very athletic, didn't allow him to to get clean looks, especially inside the arc. So he he was having to settle from threes and, and went uh, one for seven from beyond the arc. So he's been a, a really impactful defender. He's been great at the offensive end. And just I think he's carrying himself like a, like an alpha. I think he's stepping up in moments that you notice that, that stars – tend to say okay my team needs me here I'm gonna I'm gonna step up here I think he's more vocal so you're getting everything you could ever ask for up to this point out of Terrence Shannon yes he had a good first month of last season too so we'll have to see him extend that thing out and 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 push forward but yes to your question based on what we've seen so far out of everybody in the country Terrence Shannon is on a very short list of guys that are all American candidates and if you had to make the list today he'd definitely be a first team all-American Man, it's going to be so hard to, to take down Zach Eady for any of those awards, but this season that he's putting together so far, I know there's a whole Big Ten season left, but it it does just feel like, I know you wrote about it over the weekend, it just feels like he's had on a different level than last year. Even, even with, I get it, he had that un- incredible performance against UCLA, and he had a great first month, and then in Big Ten play, he shot like 29%, and is he going to shoot 45% from three all year? Highly doubt it. I do think he is, I think he's going to be a much improved overall three-point shooter. He's already shown that, and it feels like he's just more consistently assertive to me, like he knows this is his team, and I just it feels like if he gets a lane, whether that's in transition, whether you give him a ball screen to get to his left hand, nobody is going to stay in front of him, and he knows it now. And I, I just it feels like he's on a just he's taken his game to a different level, and maybe that isn't necessarily even skill wise because he's always had this level of talent and downhill ability. He has improved the three point shot, but feels like almost mentally he feels like more of the alpha on this team. He feels like this is his team. He's taken on. I'm going to guard their best player and shut him down, and then I'm also going to go on the offensive end and assert myself from early in games. I don't know. It just it feels like Illinois has one of the best players in the country at this point. He's got to show it for a whole season, but that gives me so much confidence knowing, hey, more times than not, maybe save for Purdue, Illinois is probably going to have the best player on the court in a given game. Is that fair? Yeah, it's got to, and it's got to feel pretty good to know that, at least based on what we've seen so far. And Look, Io is in it. It's in a, a very rare air at Illinois, right? Like he, I want to be careful about making that comp too much because Io had a, a bigger sample size, did it throughout multiple seasons, and obviously, you know, was a, a first team All American and, and whatnot. Not that you know, Terrence had a nice season last year, first team All Big Ten, is nothing to scoff at. But uh, and then and leading a team to a a Big Ten technically a Big Ten tournament title, should have been at least a share of a regular season title, a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So there's still more for Terrence to accomplish. But kind of on the, the point that I make, like there was such a a level of confidence, such a vibe about Illinois because Io was leading it. Like Io was a guy that you knew 
in big spots. You could trust and make make plays. Just kind of the overall vibe about a team, knowing that was the 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 face of the whole operation. There, there there's some of that vibe starting to pick up with Terrence. Like I think just trusting him, and I think that competitiveness that Io carried about him. I'm I'm sensing that now in the way that Terrence wants to be that guy on defense. Like that is something that rubs off on on a lot of other people within your program, within that team, when your number one scoring option, when your number one star wants to guard the top option on another team that wants to to dial it all the way up, knowing they're gonna carry a heavy load on offense, but to to fight that hard on defense as well. And I think that yeah, he's just more comfortable in it. I think part of it is someone that wasn't in a star role before last year. So him having to get acclimated to that, to go through some growing pains, probably learning, you know, this is what a star does and, and and had to, you know, take some lumps through that where he was too passive at times. And obviously, you know, lost some games uh, along the way there and, and just maybe picking his spots or learning and, and having to hear from the coaches like, hey, this is this is what we need you to do internally for as far as locker room chemistry, points in practice where we need your, your voice to speak up and whatnot. And, and it sounds like he's a different guy on that sense too. And that's that's behind the scenes stuff that we don't really see. Uh, but I, I, I that's kind of the the vibe or the, the narrative on him right now. And I think that just overall, and I, I don't want to, but I'll say it because it's, it's a thought in my mind. I, I wonder if, Matthew Meyer not being here makes it easier on him at all in terms of understanding who the dude is. I I totally agree with that, but I just I th- I think that's obvious to me. Yeah. I just I felt like there was a dynamic last year with those two that it was like they here. weren't necessarily on the same page. No, they, they weren't. It didn't feel like, and it felt least. like, and I I told I mentioned this to Lon earlier in the week. Like it felt like last year it was very rarely were those two guys on at the same time yes and able to coexist in the same game it almost felt like you you felt early in a game all right this is going to be a terrence game or this is going to be a meyer game Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like there were very often other i'm sure there were a few games but it didn't feel very often where we we had a game like tuesday with shannon and damask where they coexisted so perfectly and it just meshed together it felt like they kind of switched off well this is my team tonight now this Mm -hmm. is your team the next night I, I agree with that thought that I, I I think that that's noticeable to me. Yeah, I think they were on just different wavelengths. And not that for guys who struggle to, to be going at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's internal friction. Right. Like I remember having the conversations earlier on in Brad's tenure, like, why can't Io and Trent have a good night together? And we like talked about that for a while. Obviously, it played out to where uh, they, they ironed that thing out and figured it out. But uh, I it feels like Damask fits better with Terrence uh just I feel like Damask is is more of a I don't know I I think to, to say it, you know bluntly I think he's probably more of a, a team guy than than Meyer was not that Meyer wasn't someone that that people liked as a, as a dude in the locker room uh not that they didn't respect his talent uh he, he was just a little different uh, and it, to say it was a little different as we know and I think he was a little more maybe individually focused uh that's just kind of the 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 gauge I got from it so uh but I I think it it does have a lot to do too not just the surrounding parts with Terrence it's just kind of his his own growth and maturation I I think he just is more comfortable and understands it's his team and obviously has worked on his game I'd say in terms of we'll get a bigger sample size because 
right now you still have you know you, you've you've played a couple of challenging games, but outside of that, you, you have uh, faced a number of cupcakes too. So I think some of his you could, some of the stats are weighted, sure, still. Uh, but you know, like the improvement from two, like shooting like fifty percent. I'm trying to. I looked. I had it up here. He was. He shot forty or fifty three percent from two last year. That's up to sixty three percent this year. I just feel like he's finishing better at the rim. Yes. Uh, now, when you, you're going to go through a Big Ten season where obviously it's very compact in the paint, and people are going to try to take away that from him, and and we'll see if he can do a better job of, of finishing through contact than he did last year, or just pick his spots better. I think so far he's done a, a better job of that when. He gets cut off. He he then has better awareness to kick it out to the corner or just make the right play within the offense. And then obviously, like yeah, he's he's shooting the cover off at it from three and even flash a little bit of the mid range game too uh, in that game in uh, MSG. Yeah, and I, I also feel like it has been noticeable that he is his playmaking has improved a little bit as well. Where it feels like he realizes how much gravity he's going to draw when he goes to the rim and I feel like he's creating offense through that when he when when guys come over to help and he maybe doesn't have a, an angle to the rim he'll kick it out to the corner and that's how Illinois generated some shots and it, the assist numbers may not reflect that because you're going to get more ball movement it's going to be the hockey assist kind of more so than Terrence getting the the assist but I feel like he that's another area where I Last time it felt like there were certain times where he'd just he'd be like, "All right, I'm driving to the bucket here, completely out of control, hoping for a foul or hoping I can finish through two guys." And this year, I feel like you're right; he's he's picking his spots a little bit more, and he's realizing when maybe he doesn't have an angle, and he he's creating offense more so than just for himself. But I just I, I've been it's been a joy to watch him play so far, and I I do feel like there's a lot of things that he's shown that makes me think that this is going to continue and that he is going to be this type of guy all season. And it's not going to be like last season. And, hey, he had some he had some phenomenal performances in Big Ten play. I mean, it's not like he fell off a cliff last year, but I, I feel like we're going to see more consistency from him. You've already seen that. I think he's – I mean, you look at his game log so far, and I know a lot of these are against low majors, mm -hmm. but it's been very consistent in Super terms of the consistent. output. Yeah. Like, he really hasn't had an off night all year. I know he didn't play great against Marquette in terms of efficiency, and he turned it over, but he still gave you, what, 20-something in that game and, and made some shots. Like, the consistency's been there so far. I think it'll be a, a big-time challenge on Saturday for him. But, man, I just – he's been great. Yeah, I mean, even just do it for the high major games. Yep. Like, uh, or and let's throw FAU in there right now because they're you know obviously performed like a high major and, and went to a Final Four. So uh, 33 against FAU, 23 against Rutgers, 21 against Marquette. And I know is it is it Bill that's going to hate me for this? 28 against Kansas. Yeah, I mean you've got to throw that. In. That was him versus McCuller, two of the best wings in college hoops, going at it, and he was phenomenal in that game. We don't need to wipe that out because it was an exhibition. I agree. He was fantastic I in agree. a win against Kansas, who's top five in the country. Right. Yeah, and let's uh, – as we wrap up this first segment, and I, I'm going to put the, a question out to the text line before we catch a break, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, and I think that Illini fans are deserving of cheersing this, this organization, this franchise, this team. There was a squad that had Terrence in for a workout, if you think back to the summer. <sighs> the Orlando Magic – who had a early second round pick and an opportunity to take him in a spot where he could get some guaranteed money, a lot of guaranteed money potentially on how they worked that deal. And Terrence was a little on the fence at the end where it's like, all right, if they give me a promise that they'll take me in the early second round, 
I'm probably going to go. I'm probably going to stay in the draft. They ultimately did not go that far to guarantee him that spot. They ultimately, I think, traded that pick uh, where they ended up ta- – I, I forget who they ended up taking, but um, I, I think Atlanta fans should cheers the Orlando Magic because if they would have said, hey, we want that guy, and, and that that could have been the end of, of Terrence Shannon and Champagne, where really you added him two summers ago. And there was, at that time, very little, if no expectation that he was going to be here two years. Right. So and None. I don't think there was any, right? No. I, Even zero. at the end of last season, there was barely any. Yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, sure. talk of NIL and, and what I'm sure you, do. based on who you talked to, like, I'm sure you'd heard that maybe it was a possibility. Yeah. But, like, in terms of just the general public's thought, even at the end of last season, I was like, all right, well, we got to replace Terrence next right. year because he's going to the draft. Right. So, uh how about we cheers one of the Orlando Magic? Because uh, Illinois is going to enjoy the rest of this. Are season. we playing it? Are we doing a Thursday? Are we? Are we? Let's do it. All right. Happy hour. One of the best players in college basketball to Illinois fans and join the rest of him this season. I, I won't be here tomorrow, so I, I had my own my own I cheers that I wanted to, to offer up. But uh, hit us up on the U of I Atlanta Link text line, 217-359-2255 as we go along. Any thoughts on Illini basketball, the win on Tuesday against FAU, the matchup that we'll talk a little bit before I get out of here about Illinois and Tennessee coming up on Saturday. Let me leave you with this. How much are you buying Illinois right now? If you were to take, let me do a vibe check. Coming off of the win against FAU and the Jimmy V, how much are you buying it? What you know? Do you think that they're a top ten team in the country, like the Athletic put out there today? Are you still waiting and seeing what what Saturday looks like? Just let me know. As far as the Big Ten, as far as their their ultimate ceiling, where they're going in the tournament, what this year is going to look like. I want to know what that looks and sounds like after that win against the Owls on Tuesday. We'll return to talk more Illini basketball. This is The Drive. Illini fans, gear up to support your Fighting Illini men's and women's basketball team this year at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini, Game Day Spirit. From buy one, get one free basketball t-shirts to official NIL merchandise, Game Day Spirit has everything you need to support your Fighting Illini. Shop with them in store at the corner of Neal and Kirby in Champaign, 6th and Green in Campus Town, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. These days, it seems like bank names are changing faster than a forecast in February. But at Iroquois Federal, we're still the same community bank we've always been. For more than 135 years, we've built relationships by helping build the things that matter, whether it's a business, a back porch, or the building blocks of a better life. If you're looking for a bank that's here for the long haul, swing by today and see for yourself why different rules. Iroquois Federal, still friendly, still local, still here. Hey, could you tell me what aisle your car batteries are in? Sure, I'll go grab one for you. Here's your battery. It might be expired, but oh well. Also, the brand isn't that great, but it should work for at least a year or two, maybe. Anyways, I went ahead and charged you for it, and here's the battery. Okay, have a great day. Uh, what just happened? Sometimes good things are hard to find, but they're worth the wait. Make the trip out to Interstate All Battery Center at 2504 North Madison Avenue and get all of your battery needs taken care of by the trusted professionals. Give them a call today at 355-4855. 
Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circus Sports is now available in Illinois. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens. I've been a lifelong sports better and I'm the owner of Circus Sports. We're excited that the Circus Sports app is now ready for action. Experience big app bets with high betting limits, tight money line splits, and more. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Illinois. Download your new bookie today at circusports.com. If you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text ILGAMB to 833-234. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another sellout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. The Illini win it! Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. PDR Automotive has now been serving the Champaign-Urbana area for over 50 years. To give you some perspective, 50 years ago ended the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, and it was when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. So what does that mean for you and your vehicle? Whether you need a carburetor overhauled or your new vehicle computer system diagnosed or programmed, PDR Automotive has the experienced, knowledgeable staff that can handle all your automotive needs. Online at PDRauto.com, they are what's best for your truck or car. They are... PDR. I-L-L-I-N-I. Cheer on the Illini at Pia's. The pregame fun starts at Pia's Sports Bar and Grill. Pia's serves up its famous 10-ounce Slugger Burger along with great wings and so much more. Enjoy 350 22-ounce light and course light drafts. Every home and away Illini game. Watch the game at Pia's or ride the free shuttle to all home games. You'll find it all at Pia's with live video gaming, sports, food, drinks, and fun. See you at Pia's, West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Like every bank, there's a time every day when we stop making loans. But at Iroquois Federal, we never stop making a difference. Thanks to an amazing team of employees who give back to their local communities all over central Illinois. From hospital boards and local school programs to Kiwanis and the United Way, Iroquois Federal employees donated more than a 1,000 volunteer hours last year. And we'll do it again next year because the only thing we like more than making a loan is making a difference. Iroquois Federal. Still friendly. Still local. Still here. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. I've got to clean out this garage. Let's see. What's the cheapest and easiest dumpster service in our area? Here's what I found. The doggy bag. Hmm. think she's broken. I'm not looking for takeout. Siri, try again. The doggy bag from Bulldog Disposal in Muhammad. Doggy bag? What's that? If you got junk that needs to go, but you don't want the hassle of having an enormous dumpster delivered, grab a doggy bag, keep it as long as you need. They'll come take it away. For more information, just visit BulldoggyBag.com. That's BulldoggyBag.com. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another shutout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. The Illini win it! Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Yes, Maxwell, no lawn today. 
Load management, as he says, Maxwell's words, not mine. Load management strikes again. That is the case. We give Lon a hard time, but I think he deserves it a little I bit. I mean, <laughs> for all the things that he says to me, I got to have my one thing on him, huh? I mean, come on. He keeps giving you the ammo, so uh, we got we to gotta continue to use it on him. But uh, I, I mentioned it before the break. Hit us up. U of I, Alina League text line 217-359-2255. What's your updated take on this Illini basketball season? How bullish are you after the Jimmy V Classic win? Are you still holding out and waiting to see what the game on Saturday looks like? A really tough environment that's going to be 11 a.m. Central at Tennessee, a Vol squad that I didn't get a chance to see any of their game against George Mason or, or really know a whole lot about it other than they won. All I know is Dalton connected play in that game. So did play. Should be good to go Saturday. Full allotment of minutes, I'm guessing. They might not have needed it. They might not have needed it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, I know he didn't have a great game, but he had the ankle against UNC. They won 87-66. He played 25 minutes, 10 points, 4 for 11 from the field. Yeah, pretty uh, pedestrian for a guy that you know put 37 on the, the Tar Heels in that one. How awesome is that matchup, Terrence Shannon versus Dalton Connect? That's probably Ooh. two first-team All-Americans as we sit today going yeah. up against each other. Now, I know Connect – doesn't get very high marks on the defensive end, so maybe he won't right. be guarding Terrence. I'm sure Terrence will be guarding him. 100%. That'll be awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I will say, though, and I, it's going to transition to the question I want to ask you, is that it will be a little bit of a – I don't know, bummer's probably the wrong word, but a little jarring. Like If if this turns into like a 62-55 to 55 rock fight on Saturday after what we saw right. offensively, it was it was – Fun. That was such a fun brand of basketball to watch. FAU in Illinois, ninety-eight to eighty-nine. They only shoot sixty-three percent from the field. But I, I asked you off the air and, and waited for your answer, and I'll ask you again. Defensively, now let me kind of for a funny story a little bit. There was a five-minute stretch of this game where I didn't see a whole lot. I tweeted about it. I was spotted up two rows behind the FAU bench, and they were. Uh, standing for a lot of the possessions uh, at the other end. So there's some some of that game I did not witness other than looking up on the video board and, and kind of watching there. Fortunately, it was not a completely packed house, especially like it filled up big time for the UNC-UConn game, but I was able to go a few rows back into the stands themselves and, and, and find a spot. But uh, even then, it's sometimes easier to see on TV kind of the way things, certain plays play out, certain breakdowns, you see replays, so I ask you defensively for Illinois, who's still on Kempom is the 11th best defense in the country as far as efficiency goes. Was FAU that good offensively, or was Illinois having breakdowns that they hadn't had up to that point to where you allow that many points? I'm not all that concerned about the defensive performance. I think there was a stretch in the first half where Illinois was really active on defense. It was probably the last five to ten minutes of the first half where I thought – they were doing a phenomenal job, and FAU scored because their third-string big man banked in a three yeah. and a couple other guys that never shoot it, and that Illinois Dane was in there playing drop and not respecting his shot, and he knocked a couple threes down. Like, I don't care about that. I think in the second half, it was just such a unique pace to that game where I, I don't know. I just – I'm not all that concerned. Nothing stood out to me in terms of, like, a breakdown. I think the biggest thing was that – Vlad Golden was a problem when he was in the game. Illinois had no answer for him whatsoever. 
Did he? Yeah, I think he had 23 points in 18 minutes. Yes. That If there's one thing that I'm going to take from this game as a concern on the defensive end, it's that when Zach Eady is – you're going to face off against Zach Eady this year, when you're going to face off against Kalel Ware this year, when you're going to face off against who else. The Big Ten lost some big guys, but – yeah, those are probably the, probably the two main ones. I hope Steven Crowell's not going to do yeah, like that. Yeah, but even <laughs> just in terms of a big guy that is a focal point for a team's offense. Matty Sissoko? That's a <laughs> no. joke. That's a joke. That, that was concerning because it felt like Illinois had zero answer for him, and he's great. He's, he's really, really, really good. But, man, did Illinois struggle with him. And, and, and not even just when he was scoring. I think his presence on the court, Illinois was – trying to send help to him when Coleman was on him one-on-one. And, like, I thought that's where FAU created a lot of their shots when he was in the game. And the plus-minus numbers reflected that FAU was quite a bit better when he was in the game. So him specifically is a little bit concerning. I don't think really I'm all that concerned. I think FAU's great offensively. I think they made some shots in the second half. It seemed like, man, they had some timely shots there when Damask was going on his tear and Terrence was going on his tear. Like, FAU would come down and knock a three down and keep themselves in the game. And I don't know. I, I just think that's a matter of FAU is a really, really good offensive team. They had a mismatch that they exploited on the Illinois end. And I just – the, the biggest takeaway for me, honestly, is more positive because I think it proved to me that this Illinois team can win a, a different style game. Like last year, there was no way they win a game with with this type of pace and style to it where you have to go win a shootout. And you mentioned that in the first segment. Like there's no way. There's just no way they win a a game of this style last season. And I think this year we know that they're going to be able to win a more ugly game where they're going to have to rely on their defense because I think we know that this is a really good defensive team, a physical team. But I did not know if this team was capable of putting 98 on a team and winning a game like that, and they did it. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen all the time. Maybe they won't even reach 98 again against a high major team. But you got two guys that can go get you a bucket. You got a, a, a just a lineup in general that, especially for a team like FAU, like I thought that was a great matchup for Illinois' lineup because mm-hmm. you saw it like – you, you set Damascus screen, you get a, a smaller guard switched onto him, he can exploit that all day. Nobody on that roster could stay in front of Terrence Shannon. They just didn't have a guy who could be physical with him and match him at all. Not that most teams are. But just the fact that Illinois just kept having an answer offensively and they went on big scoring runs where they just seven, eight possessions in a row, the ball was going in the basket. Last year's team wasn't doing that. Maybe the UCLA game is the only one that comes to mind, and maybe the second half second of Northwestern. Half, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 is yeah. one that comes to mind where Terrence went nuclear and they came back and put up fifty in that half or whatever they did. But man, I I actually am encouraged by it. I'm not concerned defensively. I think this is still a great defensive team. If anything, I'm very encouraged by the fact that hey, you went toe to toe with one of the best offensive teams in the country, and you were the better team offensively and won a shootout of a game in the '90s. I, I was I, I love that, and I think that that's a great sign for this team. Uh, and to have two guys that can just go carry you on the offensive end, that's how you mask a point guard, a, a lack of a point guard, yeah. is you have two guys who can create shots for themselves and, and just put the team on their back on the offensive end, which happened. For sure, yeah. The mask being able to find that spot or just that new, that new 
point of attack for him to be able to hunt out those those back down opportunities, those mid post opportunities. It just adds another layer to Illinois' offense that, and I feel like it's a more efficient route than not to continue to you know try to point at Matthew Meyer, but Matthew Meyer was either going to make threes in a game or he wasn't going to make threes. I, I feel like with Damask, it, it gives you a, just a different ability to attack people. And, and where we've seen some teams, and we've talked about it, whether it's this year or even last year when, when Illinois was you know playing their switch-everything defense and, and teams were hunting out matchups and then post up like point guards uh, and, and whatnot, Illinois now can kind of – exploit weaknesses and, and, and put certain guys in, in screening actions, which they did against Rutgers, where they weren't actually using their five-man to come out. They weren't using either whether Coleman or Dane. They set the screen to to then have Cliff shade off Shannon's drive. They were using, like, Goody or, or some different some different pieces then to have Shannon understand, you know, if you, hey, you want to switch this? Good luck using that guy on, on Terrence Shannon. Uh, and then also you can set up some, some actions to get Damask uh, against smaller guards, uh, and, and then it, it can be either something they dial up or it can be just kind of a feel thing that Marcus Damascus is able to go through. So uh, I, I think I also like that, like, there are nights where, like, it's it's a one-game sample size, so obviously there are off games for certain teams. And you can catch somebody on off night and you beat them. And not to say, that, you know, that takes away from you, you winning, but I, I like that Illinois won when FAU still played pretty well. Yeah, like FAU still played pretty well as a team, and still hung a big number offensively. You didn't feel like, hey, you know, FAU goes two for twenty-seven from three, and I know that's a, an exaggerated number, and you beat them, and you know they miss wide-open threes that they normally make. And you're like, okay, yeah, they they won, but it felt like FAU really had an off night. FAU played pretty well, yep. for the most part, and some areas like Elijah Martin not going off was Illinois dictated and also they're especially in that first half like you were talking about they were struggling to finish around the rim like there's shots at the rim at one point I think they were like six for 14 or 15 at one point Illinois size was bothering them they were traveling at times where they were trying to like pump fake and then they shuffled and, and whatnot so uh, that size was affecting them uh, I Golden was the one answer that is, is obviously glaring in that sense like Coleman couldn't stop him uh, Illinois, whoever was on him, Dane, um, number one, Golden was hitting some face-up jumper, jumpers that I didn't necessarily expect him to make. Yep. But you could tell he was also a more polished back-to-the-basket guy than than Amori was. I thought some of Amori's struggles against Illinois was, was self-inflicted. Like, he just badly missed some hook shots, and that's, cause that's not really his game. But, yeah, I think Edie will be, obviously – I mean, he's going to be a problem for everybody. I think Illinois will double him more than – you know, they, they tried a double golden once, at least one that came to mind, and they, they he kicked it to John L. Davis for a three. And because FAU shoots it as well as they do and because their guard plays as good as, as it is, it's hard to to make that decision whether you wanted a double golden or not. But, yeah, I, I give I, – when I watched FAU leading up to that game, I loved John L. Davis. He's really, really good. Golden's been playing great. Elijah Martin had been playing well before that. I, I agree that I think FAU's just th- that good offensively. Fortunately – you know, they have some shortcomings defensively because of their lack of size, and Illinois obviously was able to exploit that. Yeah, I will say I it was very helpful to Illinois that Vlad Golden picked up a couple really dumb, cheap fouls yeah. and was in foul trouble and played 18 minutes. If he plays 28 minutes, 
FAU may win this game. I mean, that's how that's how much of a matchup issue was. I'm not saying they would have for sure, but he was he was impactful when he was on the courts. So if there's one thing that I would want to take away, it's that man Golden was a problem for you, and we kind of knew that coming in, and we kind of knew that that might be a, something that teams can exploit against just the way this Illinois roster is made up, but. Yeah, you and the other point you mentioned that I thought was interesting was yeah, FAU got called for like seven or eight travels. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was just because man, they had never seen the length and the physicality of Illinois, and they took an extra hop, and you know they they just weren't in rhythm on some of their drives, and, and so I think yeah, I just I'm not concerned about the 89 point output. Obviously, it helps that you won the game. Like if you lose 89, 84, then maybe there's more panic about the defense. Like, how do you give up 89? I thought we were supposed to be great defensively, but I just, I didn't really notice anything that was uncharacteristic of this team. I just thought it was more Florida Atlantic was executing well. And there was one matchup that they exploited particularly with a big man who went for 23 and 18 minutes on you. I just, I, I don't know. I think I, I still expect, and, and especially heading into Saturday, like I still expect that this game on Saturday is going to be a game in the 60s, and this is going to be a game where you're, you know, you're you're winning it with your defense. There's going to be plenty of games where you are going to hold teams down, and that's how you win. But I just thought it was great that Illinois was able to win a game where, like you said, FAU played well. They were really good on the offensive end, and you beat them. And, and so that's something I don't think last team, yeah, last year's team does. I thought it was really encouraging to see that from this team because I think that was the biggest question mark coming into the season and, and even coming off Marquette. And all the, the, the talking points were all about, is this team going to be good enough on offense? Is this the same offense we saw last season? How much is lack of a point guard? Well, hey, the last two games, nobody has talked about Illinois not having a point guard because they've it's looked true. really, really connected and have put up great offensive performances I'm not saying that's never going to come up again, but you're starting to see the formula for them of overcoming that and putting together a, a team capable enough offensively to be really, really good. Yeah, it looked like a team that offensively has really used the time off well, and it actually yes. clicked there at Rutgers. And, and the ball movement, like you said, has is, is definitely been something that has progressed since then. We got some text pouring in on the U of I line link text line. You want to catch one more break before this hour's up, or do you want to take it all the way? Let's do one quick one real quick. Yep, let's uh, catch a break. If you got any thoughts, questions, line of basketball, 217-359-2255 on the U of I line of link text line. We'll get to those on the other side of this break. This is The Drive. You moved into your new home using two men in a truck. The garage was clean. Then... I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one? Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle continued. Garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. <laughs> it happens. You got junk. Call two men in a truck to get rid of all your junk. Residential or commercial, two men in a truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two men in a truck. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first, you call me second. Make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? 
you can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. Crossroads Contractor Supply specializes in the delivery of tools and supplies within a 150-mile radius of Champaign-Urbana. Reliable, timely, and with reasonable prices, Crossroads Contractor Supply knows what equipment and tools are needed for your job. Their slogan, we have it when you need it. Get the job done right with proper tools and equipment. Did something break? Construction materials as well as safety equipment all available. Call 402-8123. Visit Crossroads Contractor Supply IL. All right, let's knock out a couple of these on the U of I Atlanta League text line before the hour is up. A 630 says, I really don't care how Saturday goes. The goal should be a two or a three seed. The Big Ten Championship is meaningless as well. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would not say that. I'd, I, I'd share your goals of, yeah, two or three seed would be great, but nah, I would love to. If you can knock this Purdue team off of Big Ten title, boy, that would be. You're getting you're, you're getting a two, three seed if yeah, you do that, so why not add the Big Ten title? I'm not getting there yet i still think purdue's a clear favorite but big 10 title would be really yeah. nice <laughs> I mean, um, and, and yes like you said it coincides with having the type of seed you want i think on the note of getting that high of a seed especially we're talking a two two or three seed this game on saturday could be yes pretty huge um the rutgers there's still you know a number of a lot of games left in this season but rutgers after losing to you at home then got blown out on the road at Wake Forest. They've already dropped to like in the 90s of the net. There's a, probably a really good chance that's not going to be a quad one win, winning at the rack. Yeah. Now, we'll see how the rest of this thing goes, but if you want to talk about stacking quad one wins and having a resume to be that high of a seed, I'm not saying you have to have this win on Saturday, but it'd be really, really nice because some other teams in the Big Ten, Maryland, Michigan State, not as strong as, as you would have thought going into the year. So you wonder how many real needle-moving opportunities outside of Purdue you're going to have. Um, Big Def mentioned on the note of point guard, and he says that he loves Ty, do you decide now to ramp up Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn and make up any minutes Ty loses at point with more minutes, having him to spell in the three- to four-ish area based on the matchup? As to say, would you move Ty to the three or four and, and spot minutes and let Dre play any point guard? If he shows that he's ready, I, I don't think he's – I mean, and he hasn't really got an opportunity to do that very much in these high major games, but I think there's a reason for that. I don't think Brad has much trust in Dre as it is right now. I still – and we talked about it last week. Like, I just still think that there's going to be a time this year where he's going to be important. I don't yes. want him to get buried. I don't want to not see him and have him get a bunch of DNPs. I would like to see Dre, but I also – I feel like – I don't know if he's necessarily going to fix anything that Ty Rogers is lacking at point guard when it comes offensively. Like, obviously, he's a more dynamic scorer than Ty, but when it comes to playmaking and bringing the ball to court, I don't know if you're going to see a big difference there. I also think 
I actually have started to buy in on this lineup with Ty at point guard for the defensive ability of yeah, it. And I right. love how much length that this starting lineup especially gives you. And I love the way Ty is playing on the defensive end, defending opposing point guards so far. I wouldn't really change much. But I do think that J- that Dre at some point this year is going to be an important piece. I just I don't think that this is going to be a situation where he basically redshirts the year. Not, not technically, but mm-hmm. like he barely – makes any impact I just I have that feeling that there's going to come a time where he's he kind of just gains more trust or he has a great week of practice at some point and Brad plays him he plays great and I I still think that there's a an opportunity for him at some point I agree with that yeah in terms of especially the energy and the scoring punch off the bench I think there will be times during especially Big Ten play where he can come off the bench and and he'll have a little bit more now you got to get him some minutes and games to, to get that experience for him to really grow. I don't know that – I wouldn't say that Saturday is going to be probably an opportunity to play him a whole lot. And right. I, I don't blame Brad for not playing him very much or he didn't play him at all against Rutgers. You know, that press probably wasn't going to be the right situation to put the ball in his hands. I think they still wonder, is he ready to play like on the ball this year as far as decision-making and just seeing the floor and getting one into offense. They do trust that he can go get you one at times. And defensively, he's going to play with good energy. Freshmen still have a lot to learn in terms of assignments and everything. But, uh, yeah, similar to your answer, I'm not writing him off this year. I think there are going to be games that he can help you. And I think his growth is really important to add another – another level to Illinois in terms of a ceiling uh, and and just having that guy off the bench knowing his talent. But uh, in terms of point guard, I I wouldn't really expect it out of Dre this year. I think that based on Nico's recovery, that's a guy that might get an opportunity there before Dre, but even then the – his his injury and then also he's going to perform against some better competition before we know a whole lot about that. We'll get some of your other questions on the other side of this break. Stick with us. This is The Drive.